You're listening to What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. This is episode 50, and on this episode I talk to Amanda Searcy, whose debut YA novel, The Truth Beneath the Lies, comes out on December the 12th. So listen in as Amanda explains the long writing road that she had to take to finally achieve her goal of being a published writer. So listen in. So Amanda, what book hooked you? Well, this was kind of hard because so many books at different times in my life have really hooked me, but there's one I keep coming back to over and over again, and that's uh, My Side of the Mountain by Jean Craighead George, which I read when I was about nine. And it's a story, it's, it's, it's an older book, it's from 1959 actually, um, and it's about a boy who, with his permission of his parents, runs away to live off the land in the mountains. And it is full of interesting wilderness survival tips. And he makes friends with a falcon and it hunts for him. And he has all kinds of nature pets. And I was just, I was just enthralled by it. And did you, and did you say it was nine when you read this book? I was about nine, yeah. Because I think I may have read it. I'm very, I'm familiar with the book. I probably read it in one or two years uh after you maybe as far as age wise. So what was sort of about this book that really kind of uh, grabbed you? I think it was all the things that I learned. It was just so interesting to me. I I grew up, I grew up in the city, kind of in the suburbs. Um, We do have mountains nearby. I was certainly not a camper at all. So I'm not really sure what it was about this book because I have no desire to, to live off the land, but, but the way that he does it, it's very gentle, you know, um, he talks about hunting, but that's it. You know, you see a rabbit and suddenly you have rabbit stew. So it was it was a very gentle introduction to what it might be like to to live off the land. But it, I thought it was very empowering because he just he just does all these things and he has some challenges, but they're not. It, it's not like a, a survival story where he was just tossed into the woods with nothing and had to survive. He mm-hmm. had a lot of skills going in, and it was just really it was a really fun read to me and I learned a lot of stuff. And even as an adult, I go back and think, I really hope this was well researched because this is all my wilderness survival skills right here in this book. Absolutely. I hear you. Now, when you go back and read it now, do you think it's strange that his, his parents were just kind of willing to kind of just throw him out there like that? Oh, so strange. Even when I was nine, I kept thinking, don't his parents wonder where he is? Because no one ever really comes looking for him until it's right. been months. <laughs> right. And I remember thinking the same thing. That's just kind of bizarre that he's just left alone out there. And I think, and I could be wrong, and maybe you, wasn't there like some sort of movie version or television version that they made of this? I feel like I remember, or maybe it was just how I imagined some of the scenes in my head, but I feel like there was some sort of live version of this book as well. There there was. I think they made a movie. Um, I, I kind of remember seeing it at one time and not liking it as much as the book, which I can kind of understand because sure. you can only show so much <laughs> to kids in a movie. Right. <laughs> and so were you a big reader around this time? Was this just one in many books that you were reading as a child around nine years old? Or was this kind of a special occurrence for you? No, I think that was... That was a time when I was reading a lot. I think from about the time I could read until probably the end of middle school, I was a huge reader. Um, we went to the library all the time when I was growing up, and I would just collect books and read them. So, yeah, it, 
I would say probably fourth and fifth grade was sort of when I was reading the absolute most in my in my childhood. So what other books then were you into beside uh, My Side of the Mountain around that time? I read a lot of Babysitter's Club. That may have been a little later, but I, I absolutely loved Babysitter's Club. Uh, there was a series called Sleepover Friends where each book, they have a different sleepover and stuff happened. <laughs> I don't even remember now all the things that happened in their sleepovers, but I loved that series. I, I read a lot of the books that that won Newberries or were Newberry Honors, like The Westing Game, um, so a lot of historical fiction, like The Witch of Blackbird Pond, um, books like that. And so when that, you say that that was kind of like a key time for you where you're reading a lot, when you kind of then moved into more uh, your teenage years, uh, was it just with social life in high school, the way things were, were you not kind of reading as much along those times? I read almost nothing outside of school and high school because there was no YA at the time. There were a couple of titles. No one really knew about them. There was Sweet Valley High, which I read in middle school and absolutely loved. And then kind of when I was a teenager, it all stopped. There was, I had outgrown all of the the sort of middle grade books and the early YA books. Um, And then there was just really nothing that I wanted to read because my choices were really just adult books and I didn't really care about people's marital problems or, or their jobs. And there was just nothing I could really relate to as a teenager. So I would start a lot of books and just not finish them. And I am so happy now that there is YA because I think if YA had been around when I was a teenager, it would have, it would have changed everything. I would have always had a book in my hand. And so do you remember what that sort of next book was as you, as you got older, what that next book that was like My Side of the Mountain in that it really kind of stood out for you and maybe even got you back into books and reading? Yeah, it probably wasn't really until I was in college and um, what they were calling chick lit at the time sort of started to become big. And it was a probably about five or 10 years worth of, of these books that were called chick lit. Um, and I remember reading several of those in college and then in graduate school. And then it was just like a light bulb went off because I could relate to these characters again. They were usually about women in their early 20s or mid 20s and kind of what their lives were like. And I felt much more part of that world. Um, so that was probably what got me reading again. I read so, so many of those, just as many of those as I could take in. And so then at what point did you kind of think to yourself or wish to yourself that you wanted to create a book of your own? Well, I was always told that I was a good writer. Even from the very beginning, I won a little writing contest in kindergarten that my teacher had entered me in and I I went to a little writing conference, but uh, it wasn't really until I was older. I didn't really like writing in school just because it was so it was so school, you know, it would be write a story, but use these 12 vocabulary words in it. And that wasn't fun for me. So it was probably, probably later. I always loved stories. I loved hearing stories. I loved thinking about stories, but probably when I was in college is when I started thinking maybe, maybe I could actually write a book. And I, I talked about it so much that finally one of my roommates said, Oh, just stop already and do it. And so that's what really I don't know. I kind of needed that permission, someone to tell me, just do it already. Um, and that's what kind of started me wanting to write when I was probably in my early 20s. And so when you sat down and, and started to write, what type of book was that? 
Well, I started thinking that I was going to write an adult book. So I was like 24 and all my characters were like in their 30s and I was guessing what it was going to be like to be in my 30s. And it was just a ridiculous book. And looking back at it now, if my characters had been 17, it would have not been a bad book. So I think I was already writing YA, even though I really didn't know much about YA at the time. So I wrote that book. It it went absolutely nowhere. I just shelved it. Um, and it took me a long time to want to do that again, although I knew I could, which was it was a great experience because I had written a whole book. So I knew that I could do it again. And then I started really taking writing classes online or, you know, just in my community, just to kind of learn how to do it better. And at one point I took a sort of a survey of children's literature class. And that's when I kind of reconnected with all these books I read when I was younger. And that's when I started reading YA. And I thought, yeah, this is it. This is it right here. So I didn't really seriously, seriously start writing till I was in my, my late twenties, early thirties. And do you remember any of those books from that class, those YA uh, books that you were sort of introduced to that were that were now coming out in that category? I think the first one I really remember reading um, was my was The Earth, My Butt, and Other Big Round Things by um, Carolyn Mackler, which is a really good book. It was, I, I think, a Prince Honor book, or it won some awards. Um, but it's it's a really interesting book about a teenage girl and just kind of a lot of problems she has. She struggles with her weight. Um, she has difficulties with her family. And it's got a lot of depth to it, although it's really very funny. And that just really struck me as a really great, a great concept, a great time of life to write about. You know, I had not her problems, but I certainly remembered being a teenager and having a lot of similar kinds of problems. Um, and that really that really meant a lot to me to find books like that because I know when I was a teenager, they didn't really exist. And also at that time, Twilight was really big. And so it was really when YA was really becoming something that everyone knew about, as opposed to just being books for teenagers, it was becoming more acceptable for, for adults to read those books too. And so then once you kind of saw what was happening in the category of YA, uh, did that kind of sort of immediately kind of set you on a new path when it came to your writing? And did you sort of have uh, an idea for the type of book you wanted to write in that category? You know, it's funny. Um, even though I knew YA was what I wanted to write, I didn't start there because it just felt, it felt too big. <laughs> and so I started with picture books. I thought I would knock out, you know, five or six picture books, get established, and then I would move on and, that was such a joke because picture books are incredibly difficult to write. I have such admiration for people who can write those. And I, I cannot. I would much rather write a full-length novel than try to write a picture book. So then I moved on to middle grade, which I I liked a lot too, and wrote a middle grade novel and queried it and, and got some interest from agents. But I knew in the back of my head that YA was was my thing. So I finally just broke down and did it and wrote my first YA novel which is not the one that's being published. It took me five more to get published, but it was, it was a long road to get there, even though I knew pretty much from the beginning that YA was what I wanted to write. So once you kind of set off then on YA and you, you know, you just kind of mentioned that you had, you know, a, a handful of books that you were just kind of working on and, and querying, uh, and, uh, you know, not, they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
what kind of kept you going, uh, even though you kept, uh, it didn't seem like things were really going uh, anywhere? You know, I found out that I really, really loved writing. I mean, I just, I loved telling the story. I loved thinking through all of the pieces and the plot. And I loved thinking about the characters and their backgrounds and making up these whole entire worlds in my head. And so when one book didn't go anywhere, I, I probably didn't wait for any of them long enough. I didn't, I didn't query enough times on any of them because I wanted to write the next thing. So it was always that, well, I have this idea. I want to write this book and then this book and then this book. So I think, I think I really discovered that I just loved writing and loved telling stories. And despite those books not, uh, you know, getting picked up or not getting the interest that you wanted, were you able to get some sort of feedback on them, whether they be from the agents you were sending them to or critique partners or, or were you able to get some sort of feedback that you were able to work off of and, and try to apply towards the next project? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would get a lot of compliments. People often complimented my writing, but they didn't necessarily like the way the stories were crafted. So I had to work a lot on on plotting and not holding back too much. It's kind of a habit I've had of trying to be too mysterious so that you don't get all the details right away and just confusing people. So I, I got a lot of feedback on things like that, which really, really helped me um, for The Truth Beneath the Lies, because that is such a big part of it, is that you don't know what's going on for a while. So there's a delicate balance between telling the reader too much and having them figure it out before you want them to, and being so mysterious that your reader is just thinking, I don't know what's going on here, I'm not going to keep reading this. And so before we get into The Truth Beneath the Lies... Uh, mm -hmm. It is a psychological thriller. Were those other books that you had worked on before this one, were they also psychological thrillers? No, I tried a little bit of everything. Um, the very first one I wrote was was in parallel stories, like The Truth Beneath the Lies is, but it was a, a historical story and a modern day story kind of playing off of each other. I tried writing a ghost story. I tried writing science fiction. And I just, I, I like read, reading just about everything in YA. There's not a specific genre that, that I really don't like. So I was really just trying to get my feet wet in everything. And I, I wrote this psychological thriller and that was the one that really clicked. And so, and that book, like we mentioned, is the truth beneath the lies. So what can you give me the synopsis of what this book's about? Yeah, it's about um, two different girls um, on different sides of the country and it's, it's their parallel stories. So it alternates chapters between the two of them. Um, and one is Kayla and she lives in a public housing complex with her mom, who's a recovering heroin addict, who has just gotten custody of Kayla back again. She had been raised by, by a foster mom before that. And they live in this really dangerous part of town. Pretty much um, Kayla is their only support. She works at a grocery store when she's not in school because her mom is so afraid of, of relapsing that she, she can't leave the apartment. She's become agoraphobic. So Kayla is extremely driven to get out of this world, um, but there's there's a killer that is attacking young women in this area, and she is she's terrified that she's going to be the next victim. And then the other girl's name is Betsy, and she has just moved with her mom to a, a small town on the Texas-Mexico border, and something terrible has happened to her. She's been very badly traumatized, and she can never start to heal because she's got this cell phone, a burner cell phone 
under her bed. And every time she gets a message on it, she has 24 hours to call back um, or the man on the other side of the phone is going to come and kill her. So we learn a lot about these two girls. And in the end, their stories come together and only one of the girls survives. And so then when you set off to write the story, what was the initial idea that kind of brought you to kind of set off in, in shaping uh, the storylines of these two characters? Well, I knew how it ended. Um, it's the whole book started with the end for me. So I knew, I knew where they had to get to. So um, once I had the ending, I kind of went back and started from the beginning and the character of Kayla came to me first and she just popped into my head, almost completely formed. And then I just, I couldn't write her story fast enough. And then, and then Betsy's story took a little bit more time. Um, the, the town I set her story in is, is kind of based on a real town um, that was near where I went to college and um, some kind of some real people that lived there and they were really, really nice to me. And it was a really welcoming place. And so I thought that it would be a good place to put her as she tries to heal from this traumatic experience. And that actually made it a lot harder to write because, you know, the closer you are to the story, the, the harder it is to put the details down because you're kind of fighting with making real imaginary, which is difficult as opposed to just creating everything from scratch in your head. And with it being a psychological thriller, did you find that uh, different than your other works that were kind of different genres, that you had to do a sort of a lot more outlining, a lot more plotting, especially given that you sort of started off on this book with the ending in mind? I learned that I should have done a lot more outlining because it would have been much easier to edit. Uh, but yes, I certainly in writing this book, I have learned that I need to outline much more carefully. So um, I did outline more for this book and I should have done even more because the editing was twice as hard as it needed to be because I hadn't done enough outlining. Did this book take longer or less time than the other books that you had started off with? Well, the initial draft was about the same. Um, I can write a first draft in about three or four months. Um, but then it took a lot to make sure it lined up because I, I made the mistake in writing both of the stories separately and then trying to piece them together um, in alternating chapters. And that ended up not being a good idea because they run simultaneously. So it would be Halloween in one and Christmas in the other. And then I'd have to work that out so that the timing was the same. And what I really should have done is, is plan it out ahead of time and then written the chapters and alternating um, between the two girls. That would have been that would have been the way to go. So I have learned that lesson. Should I ever try to write a book like this again? And what do you what was like your favorite maybe aspect or part of writing this book? I really I liked that it's dark. Um I like that it's suspenseful. It's, it's really fun to write something suspenseful. It's, it's, it's kind of hard, but the whole time you're thinking, yeah, this is good. You know, the, the readers are going to really um, be on the edge of their seat for this. And so that was really fun. Um, I hope I succeeded, but it, it was neat to think about that. And if I were, if I didn't know the story and if I were just reading this, what would I think about this scene and would I be concerned for, for what's going on? Would I be scared? And it, it's, it's neat to think about the reader's emotions in something like this. Cause really you're playing with the reader's emotions when you write a thriller. 
And then when when you were done with it, at least you know that that first or second draft, did this book feel different than the other ones at all? Uh, did you think maybe you you finally had it with this one? I did initially. Um, the writing was so much better in this book, and I knew that I had really improved as a writer, and I knew the concept was really good. And I um, I, I took it to a conference and had a critique done by an agent, and she was really interested in it. She ended up not um, not accepting the full manuscript, but that was a real boost of confidence because I felt like maybe I did have something here. And so then once you were done, you know, you had that interest by that one agent, but mm-hmm. did it, what was kind of your journey then in getting an agent for this book? Well, I actually put it aside after that. I, I, I got a couple of agents who were interested. They ended up saying to saying no to it. And um, then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to write something else. And then there's a contest called pitch wars um, where authors submit um, a first chapter and a query, essentially. It's kind of like a dress rehearsal for publishing. So you submit a first chapter and a query to um, mentors who are agented and published authors, and they select someone to mentor for eight weeks. And then at the end, um, you present uh, a pitch to a, a panel of agents, and then they get to decide if they want to see more. And so I was selected for this and I worked with an amazing mentor for eight weeks and we really, really changed the book a lot. I, I almost completely rewrote one of the stories and we really polished it a lot, a lot. It was, a, it was so much work during that time. And then um, I actually got my agent from that. She um, requested to see more and I signed with her like a week or two later after the end of the contest. And so what was it like then when you, you know, you had had been trying different genres, different categories of books, and finally, you know, you finally landed an agent. Uh, was that just, you know, just a huge time of joy, time of relief? What was that like at that time? Yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> Because, you know, you work for a long time on this. I was writing and querying for about seven years before before I got my agent. So it, it was very cool. I was exhausted after all the work I put in for, for Pitch Wars. But it was it was a really great, great thing when I got that email um, from my agent, who the woman who had become my agent, um, saying that she wanted to have a phone call with me. And then I kind of knew that she was going to offer me representation. And that was that was a very cool moment. And so having, you know, been working so hard at this for, for seven years, um, and now, you know, you got an agent and, and the book gets sold and, you know, it'll be coming out on December 12th. What's sort of been, uh, the one kind of surprising aspect of the publishing industry that, uh, you didn't realize or didn't even think about when you, those past seven years were you kind of on the outside looking in? Well, it's probably an answer that most people would give, and that's just how long everything takes. You um, you sell your book, and you're so excited to go um, and get started on it. And I remember we had my announcement in January um, in Publishers Weekly that it had been sold, and I got an email from from my editor that day saying, "So excited to work with you. I'll talk to you again in three or four months." And then it was just kind of like, "Okay, what do I do for three or four months?" <laughs> and it, it really takes a long time. It'll be a full two years from when the book sold to when it comes out. So there's a lot of 
I don't want to say downtime because there are other things you can be working on, but there's a lot of time when you're not working on the book. Um, you're waiting for edits to come. You're waiting to hear from marketing or publicity. And there's just a lot of waiting. And I don't think I really anticipated that. And with that waiting, you know, they always say to be, you know, working on the next thing. Were you able to do that? Yes and no. Um, I was kind of afraid with this first book that if I started working on something else, that it would somehow distract me from the first book. Like if I was waiting on edits, I kind of felt like if I was writing something else, I wouldn't be able to go back and forth. And I don't think that's true anymore. I think I could do it now. Um, I have written another book since then. And it is kind of a challenge to go back and forth between them since the next book is also a thriller, just to keep the stories in your head and the characters in your head. But um, yeah, my advice to, to writers would certainly be to keep working on stuff, especially in that downtime, because if you have another book under contract, you have to write it fast. And the more of a head start you can get, the better you'll be. And so over the course of these these many years, uh, Along that way, as you're um, trying different things and different genres, were there books that really uh, inspired you and really, you know, you really got into that uh, that made you excited to be writing in this category of YA? Well, that's tough. Um, just about everything. I, I started reading YA so voraciously that I just read everything. Um I read along with the trends. So when it was paranormal romance, I read all the paranormal romances. Then I read all the dystopians. I really, I love dystopian and I love science fiction in general. So, um, you know, the hunger games was just fantastic to me. I was, couldn't put those down. Um, and so I don't know that there's really one specific book cause I was just reading absolutely everything I could get my hands on. And as, and have you found that, um, as you're writing and as you're in the middle of crafting your own story, are you able to read at the same time or is it too much to kind of let those other worlds in as you're trying to kind of create your own world? I can read as long as it's different. So if I'm writing a thriller, I can read like fantasy or science fiction. Um, so as long as it's not, I couldn't read another thriller because my subconscious just sucks in other people's ideas and then I would find myself writing their ideas. So as long as it is different enough, then yes, I, I certainly I do read a lot when I'm writing. And, you know, the book, like we said, it comes out on December uh, the 12th, but there have been obviously people out there that have gotten early copies of the book and, and starting to, to read it and giving you feedback. So what has that been like to start uh, getting kind of voices from the public telling you what they think of your work? Well, so far it's been extremely gratifying because I've gotten so many positive reviews. Um, I got several good professional reviews and a star from Kirkus, which was so thrilling. Um, and everyone's been really, really positive about it. And I, I've, it's been really, really a great experience. Um, and I'm so thankful for everyone who's read it so far and, and said such kind things about it. And, are you, is it, is being an author, uh, having worked on towards this, uh, for so long and now it's, you know, it's finally, it's finally here and it's finally coming. Uh, is it a dream come true? Is it everything you hoped for or, uh, 
Is it and everything you thought it would be? <laughs> I mean, it's certainly a dream come true. Um, it's also a lot of work. And I don't know, I don't know what I expected, but it surprised me just how much how much you still have to work once you once you get there. It's not like, yeah, you've got a book published and and now you can sit back and relax because there's always more and there's there's always more work to do, um, which is good. It's fun work. I, I, I love doing the work, but it, it's it's not like you see on TV where, you know, you turn in your, your manuscript and you're a best selling author and are celebrated and are sent for life. Um, so it's 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 still a job. I mean, you still have to do stuff that you don't like occasionally. Um, but, but overall, yeah, it's definitely been a dream come true and I cannot wait for, for the book to come out. So it's, so it's pretty easy to say that, you know, even though it took this that many years and you have these books in a drawer that don't ever see the light of day, that all of this time and all this effort that you put into it, uh, is worth it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Great. So a few questions sort of as we wind down that, that okay. I like to ask people. Uh, first one is, what is your favorite movie that's based on a book? The Haunting, um, which was based on The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. And the, the original movie, The Haunting, they did a remake of it. Um, but I'm talking about the, the black and white 1960s version, which I, I saw when I was a teenager, actually, on, on one of the, the old movie channels on a weekend morning and it was so terrifying um but in a really psychologically twisted kind of way i mean you don't see any any monsters or ghosts or anything but it's still absolutely terrifying and i just fell in love with that movie and luckily was watching it in the morning or i probably wouldn't have slept that night (laughs) um and then afterwards i read the book and even though i knew what was going to happen the book still absolutely terrified me because she's just such a great writer and she just captures this fear that the characters have and you feel it. And it's, 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 it's quite an experience. Sure. Yeah. Is there a book or series that you're willing to kind of uh, admit or confess that you have never read from or never finished for one reason or the other? (laughs) Yeah, a lot. Um, there, there are a lot of classics I've never read, but the one that's kind of embarrassing for me as a YA writer is I've never read The Outsiders, and I, I kind of feel like I'm a bad YA writer for saying that, but, <laughs> but it's true. It's, yes, because it's almost like the original YA right. novel almost. That's funny. And then finally, what is the last great book that you've read? Oh, I just just today finished um, Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds, which just blew me away. Um, it's such a fantastic, powerful book, and um, he writes it in verse, so it's really, really short. You can read it in about an hour, but in those few words, like every page is a is like a a gut punch. Um, he puts so much emotion and power into such few words. It's absolutely amazing. That's great. And I heard he, I, I want to get the audio book because I heard he does the audio book as well uh, to listen to that. I bet it's great spoken. Um, it it's, it kind of reads like it's meant to be spoken. So I bet sure. that that'll be fantastic. Absolutely. Well, Amanda, The Truth Beneath the Lies comes out on December 12th uh, and it's going to be out into the world. Congratulations. And I wish you and the book all the best. Thank you so much. 
And that does it for another episode of What Book Hooked You. Special thanks to Amanda Searcy for joining me. Her debut, The Truth Beneath the Lies, comes out on December 12th. And I want to thank you for listening to episode 50. If you've enjoyed this, please check out the other 49 episodes we have. My name's Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading.